Oh my gosh, you guys, I just had the craziest thing happen. I was getting ready to start this podcast and my husband's iPad was sitting next to me and all of a sudden it began to go, hallelujah, hallelujah. And I thought, what in the world? So I went and I looked at it, and apparently that's the sound my husband's Bible app makes when he gets his verse of the day. So I then read his verse of the day, which said, And you became followers of us and of the Lord. And the little devotional said, When we are born, we model ourselves mostly on our parents or siblings, seen as these are some of the first people we're exposed to. So, too, might we later model ourselves on Christ or Christ's image, who in turn was modeled on his heavenly father. That was such confirmation of the things I want to share with you today. So stay tuned. Welcome to Storming the Gates, a podcast that celebrates the power of prayer. You will be inspired, equipped and find strength for every battle you face. Hello once again, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Storming the Gates, where we are beginning our third season, and we are going to be looking at the Lord's Prayer together. If you are new to this podcast, I want to encourage you to sign up for my email list because you are going to get a notification of every new podcast as well as a Bible study lesson that goes along with that podcast. That gives you a chance to get a little deeper into the Word about that subject. Plus, you will get prayer cards and other prayer helps periodically. The link is in my show notes, so check it out. And also, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you may be listening to it. All right, let's mosey into our topic for today, which is Lord, Teach Me to Pray. And just as I shared earlier, it is going to be about how Jesus set an example of prayer for us. It was such an example that the disciples were compelled to ask, Lord, teach us to pray. And that's why I call that the disciples' prayer. Because before Jesus answered that question, they had to ask him. And what is prayer? It's asking Jesus. So they asked and Jesus answered. In fact, when they asked, Lord, teach us to pray, He obliged the request with a simple and important response. And we know that response now as the Lord's Prayer. And even though I talk about prayer on this podcast called Storming the Gates, recently I had to ask my own self, do I know how to pray? And that's because, like many Americans these days, the news had become wearisome. You know what I'm talking about? I was burned out. So much negativity, so much fear porn. Well, thankfully, I have a place to hide, as you do too. And that's in the secret place of the Most High. And I am fortunate to have a little nondescript prayer room. I can read God's word, meditate, pray, and just look heavenward. (laughs) Well, this particular day, I was preparing for work. And I was up a little early, so I thought I would listen to a YouTuber I deeply respect and admire, and that is Dutch Sheets. He has a daily devotional prayer uh, YouTube channel. And this particular morning, Dutch Sheets was discussing the state of our nation and sharing prayer points. And I didn't mean to be bombarded with all the recent antics of politicians, 
but I was. And just seemed like people were intent on destroying our nation. I mean, it was really breathtaking in scope. There were lives destroyed, rights crushed. And there's plots to do further damage. And Dutch was sincere and right as he called God's people to pray for the damaged soul of our nation. But that morning, I fled to my prayer room. I mean, I was truly shaken because I recognize that I, like so many people, prefer to believe all is well and nothing will ever threaten our comfort and lifestyle. But that day, I was at a complete loss of what to pray. And I found myself simply beseeching God, Lord, teach me to pray. Teach me to pray. Because I realized I I couldn't just hide in a world of fluffy, carefree thought. Because reality had stepped in. And God wanted me to see the cold hand of truth. And I needed to see it. Because the world is broken, damaged, and needy. And after my time of leave, where I was able to sort of like chill out the brain after the whole election cycle, God was saying it was time for this soldier to get back into the prayer battle for our nation. Well, thankfully, our prayers never fall on deaf ears because God met me that morning. And I'm going to tell you a little more about that at the end of this episode. But first, let's take a look at this request, teach us to pray. So while I might want to flee tragedy and despair, Jesus does not. In fact, when Jesus saw need, he went to it, not away from it. He saw a leper, and when others fled, he stepped forward into the harsh sickness in order to bring restoration to a decaying body. He didn't turn away when a mother mourned the loss of a child. He stepped in and revived the youngster and the mother's broken heart. How could he do that? I mean, yes, he's God, but on this earth, Jesus was fully man. He lived the exact same life we do with all its pain and emotions. He just did it perfectly, and he showed the way. Part of that way was what his disciples made note of in Luke chapter 11. Before Jesus healed lepers, he prayed. Before he confronted Pharisees or calmed storms, he had prayed. He had first spent the morning in prayer, and the disciples made that connection, that Jesus' strength to confront the world's wrongs, evils, pain, must have come from his time in prayer every day before the sun was up. And so it was, we see the disciples coming to Jesus with this request. Let's have a look at that verse. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Okay, so I have five observations I want to make. First of all, observation number one, says Jesus was in a certain place. He carved out a place away from the hustle, bustle, and chaos. The kids at my Sunday school class were just memorizing Exodus 33.7 as part of their curriculum, and it says, Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away and called it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. Well, I learned something significant, that before there was a tabernacle, there was a tent. Moses understood the need to pitch his tent 
some distance away from the thronging Israelites with their many murmurs and distractions. And interestingly, Moses had favor and power with the Father, and like Jesus, he prayed in a certain place. Hmm, beard-stroking question. Uh, Not that you and I likely have beards, but if I did, this is a worthy moment to stroke it and contemplate the connection between a certain place and power in prayer. Observation number two. Jesus' life of prayer made the disciples hungry to understand and know more. Luke 11, 1 says that when Jesus finished praying, the disciples came and asked him how. That means he was at least watching. Maybe the disciple was even listening. This disciple had already been learning to pray. He was observing Jesus as he found his certain place to pray every morning. He saw him get up, get away early, squirrely. He may have even been close enough to hear Jesus' words. Oh man, I'd love to hear Jesus' prayers, wouldn't you? When do we first learn to pray? Like a child, we first observe those in authority. We catch rather than are told what a walk with God looks like by our ministers, parents, leaders in the faith. Do they pray? Do they value prayer? Do they have a certain place to pray? And do they rise early as Jesus did? You know, I've had a number of prayer influencers. My own mom used to wake up way early and get a cup of coffee and read her Bible at McDonald's. She journaled and wrote scriptures out. Although I scoffed at her faith in my teens, I was very aware of the answers to prayer that clearly sprung from my mother's devotional life. So much so that as soon as I gave my own life to Lord 21, the first thing I began doing was going to McDonald's every morning where I had a cup of coffee read my Bible, and journaled. (laughs) There was also a good friend in my life at that time who had a different experience. His father was involved in ministry at the church he grew up in, and that same church taught that God has predetermined all that happens, and therefore prayer is something that helps us know God, but doesn't change anything. Now, this friend of mine had observed his father praying only when others were watching, and the prayers were not born out of a loving relationship with his father in heaven. Now that same friend battled with the idea of prayer being a powerful weapon in the hands of God's people. Instead, he often challenged me. He asked whether my desire to spend time with God was just a works trip. And honestly, I had to wrestle with that thought and I'm glad I did. But it was also a tool of Satan to dampen my desire to connect with God in prayer. So we learn, for better or worse, through the influences of, can I say that? Influencers in our life. Who are you influencing and how? Whew, that's a tough question. Alrighty, observation number three. The disciples expected to be taught a certain style. The disciples saw prayer modeled by John the Baptist's disciples. By the way, what do John the Baptist and Winnie the Pooh have in common? The same middle name. (laughs) Uh, All right. Anyway, speaking of the same, they wanted their prayers to be the same as John the Baptist. And that makes me wonder if part of their motivation was to be just like the other guys. And I did find myself thinking, how did John the Baptist teach his disciples to pray? And don't you find it a bit humorous that the question implies Jesus ought to be a bit more like John the Baptist? 
<laughs> I mean, there he is, God incarnate, savior of all mankind, king of the universe. And they're wishing he'd be a little more like John the Baptist. They want to keep up with the Joneses or <clears throat> uh, Johns. And I think it's only fair we shine a flashlight on our own expectations as we come to God and ask, teach me to pray. We should not expect the answer we get when we ask God to be the same thing it might look for others. For instance, one of the things I catch myself thinking often is how I wished my church had 24-7 prayer and worship, a prayer room full of people, activities, great music, maybe even a school of prayer, sort of like the House of Prayer in Kansas City, which, by the way, is one of my favorite places on earth. So Jesus just smiles and he teaches me to pray. Simply, without a band, without powerful intercessors roaring from the stage. And he comes and he shares his prayer with me, the Lord's Prayer. So as we begin the study of the Lord's Prayer, keep in mind, our Savior gave us his prayer as a template. So we have the template, but how do we fill it in? So it could be filled in with music, bands, writing, groups. Uh, Some will be called to dwell alone in hidden places. And maybe he'll teach us to do all of those things at different times. So yes, we learn and grow by example, as I stated above, but our footprints will be a bit different and take different paths as we all journey forward up the mountain of prayer. It is not about what we do outwardly, but it's what we are allowing God to do in us. Observation number four, there was a deeper question hiding behind the disciples' prayer. The disciples walked with Jesus daily. They observed him praying. What made them ask a question that should have been obvious? I mean, I think they were longing for something much deeper. When I think about the time I was on my face pleading with God to teach me to pray, I wasn't asking him to teach me to kneel or what time to go into my prayer room. Like the disciples who had a front row seat to Jesus' prayer life, We do know the practical and physical ways to pray. We know we should pray. We know we should take time to pray. So it was something much deeper, something much more elusive, and yet much more necessary. I think they were asking, Jesus, teach me to have a heart to pray. I was asking God to give me his heart for people, for the nation and our world, and to see the sort of difference that only God can bring to this fallible human. I was praying for the willingness to carve out time, surrender my will, shut off the faucet of my endless personal problems so I can hear what he wants to speak into a certain situation. I I think we instinctively know praying makes a huge difference. There's stories of healing, salvations, deliverances through the power of prayer. And the cursory seeker can find them easily. So we ask ourselves, why don't I pray more often or more fervently? Why do I break my fast before I've completed it or fall asleep during my quiet time? Well, let me ask you this. What brought you here to this podcast? Listen, if you've made it this far, something in you is connecting with the disciples' prayer request. (laughs) You also must be asking the Lord, teach me to pray. So observation five is that Jesus answered 
Whoa, that is awesome. It's that unlike some of the disciples' requests, Jesus didn't give them a parable to solve or redirect them the correct path. Nope, this time Jesus quickly responds with a straightforward answer. This time, those boys were over the target. And it's just like our rabbi, teacher Jesus, <laughs> to be grateful his students finally asked the question he's waited to hear. Like I pictured him sort of like, pulling out his briefcase with his prepared copies of How to Pray and says, finally, Thomas, pass these out. Okay, silly analogy aside, be encouraged because our teacher, Jesus, is eager to teach us to pray. In fact, he is excited you're asking. He is going to rush to your aid the minute you raise your hand with questions about prayer. I mean, it is his jam. It's his passion. He knows the Father's heart is to gather all his children to him in the place of prayer and fellowship, and he is not keeping prayer a mystery. He answered the disciples' request immediately and directly, stating, when you pray, say, and then what followed was his own precious prayer. You know, that same day I said, Lord, teach me to pray, God answered me as well. It's kind of what he does. He answers our prayers. I happened to be reading in Zephaniah 2, verses 2 through 3, where it said this, Before the decree bring forth, before the day pass as the chaff, before the fierce anger of the Lord come upon you, before the day of the Lord's anger, seek ye the Lord, all ye beak of the earth, which have wrought his judgment, seek righteousness, seek meekness. It may be ye shall be hid in the day of the Lord's anger. I really like that thought of being hid. Well, that verse was not the lightest affair. It stood out and did indeed speak to my heart. Though God is just, he delights in showing mercy. And then I heard the phrase strategies in my mind, and I felt like God was telling me, seek him, receive a prayer strategy, and then follow through with that strategy. So in short, he began teaching me how to pray. God is ready and willing to teach us to pray. So let's begin together by praying the disciples' prayer. Say it with me. Lord, teach me to pray. And again, Lord, teach me to pray. All right. Well, come back next time. And we're going to start with the beginning of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in Thank you once again for listening to Storming the Gates. Be sure to visit our website at stormingthegates.net. While there, sign up for the newsletter and you'll receive free prayer cards and a Bible study for each episode. Check the show notes for links to items mentioned in today's show. We'll see you here again for the next episode of Storming the Gates, a podcast that celebrates the power of prayer.